You're listening to The Wanderers Podcast, episode 15. Richard Rudd is a writer, poet, and teacher from the United Kingdom, most known for the Gene Keys, a holistic knowledge system that he put together by connecting spiritual insights and scientific matters, or as he calls it, by building a body of living wisdom. His teachings were avidly adopted by Romanians in their early days, so much so that there is a vibrant and ever-growing community around the Gene Keys in Romania at this point in time. Richard got to know the country and its quirky people up close at the advice of a friend, and this entire experience has given him the opportunity to notice growth right before his eyes, both within himself as a person and in those coming through the Jinkies community. This promises to be a conversation that will touch everybody where it is needed, since Richard scooped some important gems in the interview about slowing down, the role of contemplation, healing, understanding, and cherishing our ancestral history, and, of course, he talks about love. Enjoy the show. Hello, Richard. Welcome on the podcast. Very happy to be here. Well, I think... It's going to be a very interesting conversation, especially starting from the fact that you have a pretty impressive resume with a long list of achievements and rich life experiences from being a mystic, an explorer, a specialist in sacred writings, an award-winning poet, an author, and the creator of a transformative system called the Gene Keys. So would you, as a child, have imagined that this would be what you would be doing in life? No, not really. I thought I was going to be a wine merchant, actually. (laughs) (laughs) That is maybe around the sacred realms. Wine is quite ritualistic, so maybe there was something there. But where did this inclination towards the esoteric come from? Uh, I think it came uh, like some, you know, in my early 20s, really, when I came across some some friends who had come back from China and they were, they had been studying uh, Tai Chi, actually. And that was like early when Tai Chi was beginning to kind of come over here to the west and so you didn't see it that often but i watched them do their performance and uh it was re- something caught me and i think it just triggered an int- an interest that was already latent in me and so i i wanted to explore those things so i started to explore some of those chinese teachings and teachers and uh and that ended up on a whole journey of me going to america and going to thailand to find um teacher called Mantak Chia, and um, I studied with him for many years and other teachers as well. And that's and, and then my interest just grew and grew and uh, yeah, eventually I ended up doing what I'm doing now. Correct. I mean, the creative pinnacle of your mystical experience and insight has taken you to shape what you ended up calling the Gene Keys transmission or the Gene Keys teachings and Basically, those who have interacted with the jinkies would call it the system, but I think most of them will refer to it as you called it a journey of transformation and evolution through what you say, contemplation and love out of all yeah. things. <laughs> Self-love, really, ultimately. Isn't, aren't these the, the most ancient, um, the things we hear from the, from the great mystics of the world? Like it's all about self-love and unconditional love and 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 so i'm just another repetitive mystic but sharing it in a new way through a new set of tools but also standing on the shoulders of great people who've come before me and great teachings as well such as the chinese I Ching, um, which has been a great inspiration for me and um, and many other systems as well which i've amalgamated and synthesized and always more from perhaps from a right brain perspective so those who are looking for like scientific avenues, that's not really what I offer. I'm an experiential based teacher and I'm interested in people having real life transformations, you know, that affect their everyday life. So dealing with things from anxiety to relationship trauma, which is a specialized area for me. And then also you know, a lot of spiritual questions that people have about life. What is my purpose? What is the purpose of life? Why is, you know, why does suffering exist? 
you know, all of these kind of, but but not as a philosophy, but as a real question to ask. So as you said, yes, my technique, my central technique or the teaching is is about contemplation, the art of contemplation. So that's where I've kind of put my flag in the ground. Contemplation is a beautiful means of accessing the core wisdom that anyone has. And so it's very easy, very, 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 very simple. So anyone, a child, can learn to contemplate. But it's it's about doing it regularly in your everyday life so that you create a pathway to the core of your being. And that requires that you kind of create spaces in your day and in your life of quietness so that that wisdom can can come out and and it and it then has you know once you begin to unlock that there's nothing in the in the world that you can't resolve there's no difficulty that the art of contemplation cannot resolve so you know i i'm i'm excited because i realize that i've hit upon a universal ancient pathway that's very simple and any anyone even stupid modern people <laughs> and I include myself in that, can like, can do this. Beautifully put. So how do the jinkies and the art of contemplation relate to one another and fuel one another? Yeah, well, contemplation, as I said, it requires a slowing down so that you can access the wisdom inside you. And you can do it on its own in that respect. You can, you learn the technique of pausing and then in, and, and in those pauses, you, by creating those pauses in your day, you then, you greatly in, increase the possibility of breakthroughs what i call pivot pivoting in your in your life and um but you have to create the pauses so there's there's different also other things you can do through the art of contemplation you can you can also contemplate and it's and i should say it's not a mental thing although it may start and it may sound like a mental thing it's and it often starts with you thinking about something but as you think you go deeper your mind then drops deeper you know into a and, and takes a journey into your emotional realm, which then goes even deeper and saturates your whole body and actually your physical body. So it can have an effect on your on your biorhythm and on your on everything from how you sleep to, you know, um, the pulse of your heartbeat to your breathing patterns. So that's one thing. But then the other side of my teachings involve the gene keys and the gene keys are a set of tools to contemplate. So in a way, if contemplation is the kind of technique then 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 the gene keys are something kind of powerful to contemplate so they give you a language and a framework and a structure to contemplate over a long period of time and and that's the sort of secret because contemplation is not a fast thing you know it's a slow burn right to really you know like to find in a piece you can't you know it's not a quick thing it takes years you have to heal traumas deep inside you have to get past and through the mind and and through the emotional things that we've imprinted as a child and all of that so the gene keys give you a framework the set of teachings that give you a framework that kind of holds your mind and your emotions so that you kind of have enough calm and enough rhythm and structure so that you so that the magic thing can occur you know so in a way they're like the scaffolding and at a certain point you don't need the scaffolding anymore but it probably you probably need it for for some considerable amount of time years um, before you begin to drop into the core wisdom that lies inside because there's a lot of healing that has to take place so yeah gene keys is a is, is a lot of words and a lot of stuff but that's that's great for the mind because it then just goes okay i'm gonna I'm going to study this or I'm going to absorb this. And while the mind is doing that, the heart is finding its own way and its own peace. And, the, and you know, so it's a, it's a little bit of a trick. I was thinking about it more as an anchor as well, because in a way, the mind would need that rigor, that support to be able to allow for deeper contemplation to take place. And in the end, for better realizations to come to the surface. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So through your own journey with the Jinkies, you ended up interacting with Romanians and with the country on a personal level as well. So in this case, is Romania the one that found you or did you find Romania? I think uh, we found each other um, through a dear friend of mine, Andrew Fretwell, who was teaching in Romania. And, um, and he told me about Romanians. <laughs> He said, "You need to meet these people uh, because they 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 are they've taken really deeply, 
your teachings and he was sharing them and uh and so i st- so i came to romania as you know i've been a few times and uh and it was true like i i'd never come across anyone any single culture that took these teachings in so readily with such an hunger but such a, and such passion and such an openness you know because it's that it's like there's a that was that was a really sweet thing as a teacher to experience that openness, that open-heartedness. And then the ver- first time I gave a talk in um, Bucharest, there were like old ladies sitting in the front of the audience and kids and like, I there were, don't think there were any animals, but it, I kind of wouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved that kind of real atmosphere. So yeah, I, 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 I get on very well with with the culture and you and the Romanian people. Oh, that's actually one of the questions that I had. How did the people in Romania first react to the Gene Keys? Like, how did they receive these spiritual teachings? Because indeed, the setting of it might sound as already being done because the Romanian people do have a spiritual way about going through life and they are deeply rooted in their ancestral traditions. You see it on the blouses, like people still so the patterns and all the symbols on on their sleeves basically but it's something else to to experience things in um in a more open international manner yeah and i think you know it's like um it, it's still very new it's very recently that romania has come out from under the shadows of the communist regimes and and it's like holding a Base, a basketball underwater, you know, for a long time. It's like you, you, you know, when it's released, like there's this sudden like explosion of you can't, you know, it shows, it showed me, shows me constantly that the Romanian people have an incredible spiritual kind of l- legacy deep in their blood. And I found it also in other um, Eastern European countries because it was you know but R- Romania was a little bit each one each one is different right each culture is different and and I, I've I've been really like fascinated and loving like the slightly different the different nuances of different cultures in Eastern Europe but the Romanians sort of came first for me so uh, they have a, a special place in my heart in that respect and yeah I I, I love the passion in in the people and I love the the country and the nature and I, w- I would love to experience that more actually and so on on my on my list of wishes well you never know you never know yeah. what's going to come up next no exactly and today there is a diverse romanian jinky ambassador team working directly with your teachings who is expanding the space that you initiated the transformation and evolution so how has their presence enrich the global jinkies community as a whole yeah greatly i mean again and and but i should be honest like in the beginning it was chaos <laughs> isn't isn't that the case every time in the beginning there is chaos and entropy and then <laughs> that is a that is a pattern and i think it was particularly pronounced in romania because that because with all this energy and passion everyone kind of got hold of this teaching and then set off in their own direction and i and i love that kind of innovative spirit that's very much part of the Romanian way, I think. But what you ended up with was a lot of people going off in separate directions and actually competing with each other. Mm, sounds familiar. Yeah. So there was a time where the, it was kind of chaos on that level. And, and I was just watching the movie and going, my goodness, you know, it, should I try and do anything about this? And and we'd hear about these sort of conflicts and things. And But then over time, there was a maturing and then, yes, as you said, some some really great leaders, committed people, kind of dug in to the teachings and and really started to model them in their everyday lives. And as you know, one of the central premises of the Gene Keys is this word synarchy, which is a, a kind of higher expression for working together in coordination um, at a at a higher at a higher level and transforming collective patterns. You know, have being being available to transform collective patterns, which takes a lot of takes a, a rare leader to be able to do that. So yeah, I saw like I was really delighted to see the, this this kind of core group of powerful, empowered people that were really digging into the teachings and living them, and that that's what kind of brought this stability um, because they've begun to w- work together, and it, it's it's been a really wonderful thing to see actually. 
it's like a great model for the rest of the world to see how you can overcome differences and um, you know harness that competitive energy but instead of fighting against each other to begin to bring it together and use it for like one powerful direction working together so so it's been a really good you know it's been a really good role model group in Romania seeing that happen and I've been really inspired by it actually personally yeah, the competitive spirit, that's why I said it sounds familiar, is yeah. I think it's plaguing at the moment Romanian society because people, instead of using that energy to fire up their path to greatness, to excellence, because that is what it is about in the end. You want to be the best. You want to show and put out what you have, like the best thing that you can put out. But instead, and indeed, most likely due to communism, probably not only, but for the for the times that we're living because of communism, it has been entrenched in us, I would say, that you need to fight one another to get to the top. And if you don't get to the top, then there is this feeling of scarcity, which still dominates the culture. To a certain extent, things are changing, but I'm happy that uh, the team modeled this transformation in itself. Very much. Yeah, very much. And I'm, I feel really proud of that, that group as well. And, and, and therefore all the Romanians who are kind of participating in that process. And I really encourage it. I, you know, I, I really do my best to encourage it more and more um, because it's a kind of model for, of prosperity, isn't it? And we all know it inherently. It's not kind of anything new that if we work together, um, we actually all prosper. Correct. And in 2015, because you mentioned that you came to Romania quite some times, in 2015, the Jinky ambassadors invited you to Romania for a special retreat about the Venus sequence from the Jinkies, which focuses on people's relationships and their heart opening up the world. And in a way, you were presented with a situation which your heart needed to open to this new experience. So what kind of energy did you sense in Romania, the first times that you got there, how did you perceive the places, the spaces, and maybe especially now in Sinaya in 2015? Mm. Well, that was kind of a crazy retreat. I think it was three or four days. It was crazy because it was so big. It was like 300 people or so in a huge room in a hotel in Sinaya. Lovely place. And I learned a valuable lesson from that, which is don't do retreats of that size. <laughs> um, because it was, you know, I mean, it was, we had a really good team and it was very well organized and the teaching itself was good. And yet there was, you know, there were some flare ups that took place that were that were challenging for firstly for me, but also for others. But you have that amount of people. It's very difficult in live context to create a safe space for everyone. However, we did the best we did. And I and it was a very it was a life transforming uh, weekend. And I know that many people came to Romania from outside and experienced Romania for the first time. So it introduced a lot of friends. And I, and I kind of wanted that. Um, you know, I wanted more people to sort of come to Romania and, and meet the, my Romanian friends and kind of be inspired by, by your, you know, your kind of energy. And so it definitely created that and uh, created a really rich kind of learning environment. But yeah, it was uh, it had its challenges and and great lessons um, for all of us, I think. But yeah, I I, uh, I look back to to that time really fondly. So except for the number of people that would attend the retreat, which lessons? Which were the most important lessons for you personally? Um, I think well, there was one which was, <laughs> it, you know, in Romania, like. I, I, I'd never kind of experienced what it was like to be a celebrity before. But in Romania, in that group, I felt like a celebrity. And I was like, wow, this is what it feels like to be a celebrity. And, and, and everyone really wanted their books signed. And, um, and I was really happy to do that because you get to actually meet people and look in their face and kind of ask them their name and have a few words. It's a really nice time and way to connect with people. And uh, so that was one thing. But then there was a lot of, you know, I, I, I didn't really know how to handle that not that i handled it in a bad way but i i think i overstretched myself a little bit so that was a good lesson for me and then the other one was i was challenged openly in the group about something and it wasn't an area that i it was an area i felt comfortable with um and so it, it was okay it was, a, it was a, but it was also distracting but i think it was a i i I guess it was a good, I guess it was an instance in which I had to model the teaching live in the split second moment that I was challenged. And 
you know, which I, I did. I feel I did quite kind of coherently and authentically. Um, and so it was a great teaching for me and for others, I think. And I, and I, and you can't sort of, you know, wherever you go, those things happen anyway, but it's not necessarily something that I'd want to kind of set up again for myself (laughs) or the group. Um, because it did, it, it was a, it was, again, it was like, it's difficult to create a, a feeling of real safety with a group of that size. And so I realized for me, you know, I'm actually better at working with smaller groups of, you know, more of a friendship kin group, you know, where I can, you know, I'm I'm not that kind of global teacher kind of guy, actually. I'm more of a friend and I need to know people and look in their faces and be able to connect with them. And it's that level that I kind of feel like I'm I'm best better at working. So I learned that for myself. Well, there is a, a greater sense of intimacy, I would yeah. say, in these kind of spaces versus yeah. presenting yeah. to a crowd, which obviously has its own purpose, but yeah. I, I can understand that. There are people who really have that gift and they're able to switch off, you know. So and whereas I I like to connect. So it's difficult to do them both. You know, so for me, it's it's easier to I think, it's, you know, that's why it's out of that really came the my decision to create an ambassador program, a program where I could actually gather more committed people around me, friends who I could work with in more depth and smaller groups. Um, and so that's that's why. So that's a great thing that came out of that. And now also we have a guides program as well. So we now have two tiers of, they're not like, it's not a hierarchy, but they have guides, which are, um, so we have a program as you, I don't know if you know that, Daniela, if you've, you've explored that yet, but it's a really nice program that kind of shows uh, any person who's interested in the gene keys, how to take it out there into the world, into their life and how to potentially make a business out of it. And, um, but it's more to do with modeling it than any kind of, techniques although you do learn some so it's more of an unlearning program than a learning program and um so it's and it's very very new as well but it's quite exciting uh, because it means that now we have the capacity for lots of people to take jinkies out there but they all their central kind of induction has been about embodiment embodiment of the teachings to know how to like i just explain to know how to deal with a difficult situation in the moment and to model the kind of compassion that's at the core of the system. And, you know, what we call Jinkies approach, you know, we call it the Jinkies approach, which are four principles of inquiry, contemplation, gentleness, and patience. And those four used together really kind of encompass the essence of what, of, of what this is all about. It's about walking the talk. Yeah, which is why inquiry, because if something comes up in your life, you're invited to kind of inquire into it rather than project out as a, you know, whether it's blame or whether you get caught in a thing with someone. And and you may, but but it's really about what's the source of this in me? What am I learning from me? You know, are there shadows for me to look at? And what are they? And that's the primary journey of Gene Keys. And, and so the inquiry dri- drives you back inside to look at your own issues. So, so there, therefore, every difficult circumstances or challenging circumstance in your life becomes a pathway towards deeper self-inquiry. Uh, that's such a great lesson, really, for the entire world. And yeah. we can see it today as well in terms of division and anger and frustration and everything. Just yeah. like you said, taking a moment, pausing and questioning like what is going on just having that Mm. understanding it's very needed and that kind of takes me to the next question comes uh really nicely because within the gene keys um there is a concept of the hologenetic profile which tells the story of the person's journey or the soul energy within the lifetime and one important part of the story is condensed in what is called what you named the activation sequence So we talked about the Venus sequence. Now we have the activation sequence, which has the story told based on six lines that come derived from the I Ching that you mentioned as well, numbered from one to six. And in the case of Romania, the Jinky ambassadors had uh, some very insightful videos about Romania's profile, which is a 3-5 profile. So from... Your understanding of this energy, what does the what does that say about the energy of Romania if it has a three five imprinting? Yeah. 
Um, well, essentially, that's kind of that's like a you know a a, a black sheep. Oh, you know, cool. In the, in the human family, uh, so it's like if you're you know the three five represents the black sheep, or it represents the you know the creative rebel, and so it has an upside and it has a downside. And the downside we already discussed, like it can be that kind of competitive, self-destructive, you know, energy that goes back inside itself that actually can can harm itself unless it's creative and unless it's rooted in a kind of wider vision of love. And so when you look at those lines, you know, as you said, there's six lines. And so there's the two lines there, the three and the five, and they both have different stories. And the third line is the one that's the most changeable and adaptable. And so, you know, I guess if that's true, that the Romanian people are represented by those two lines, and it fits very well, I would say, then, you know, the need to adapt to change quickly is, which I believe is exactly what's happened in, in your country in the last 20, 30 years, to really be able to adapt fast is an incredible gift. And yet there needs to be this rooting in the fifth line principles. Um, and the fifth line is a leader, right? So the third third line is the kind of rebellious one, and but the fifth line is the leader. So there's the potential for for Romania to be a a world leader, you know, in in some way, like a, a like an, a really powerful force of, of for change, for beneficial change through that fifth line. And so, but yeah, so that's all about principles. That's all about having high principles and and being rooted in those principles and and kind of solid in those principles and and therefore you know using the gift of adaptation to be able to share those principles outward outward in the world as a uh, to model it you know so to be able to role model um how a potentially how a society can work together this is what happens when a society works together and we all have a we all have a common higher mission you know which would be harmony or or you know essentially something like that some higher principle of harm, harmonic society where prosperity is shared so yeah i think that there's a you know it's a powerful that would be a, that's a powerful profile to have for a country yeah, it definitely brought its both its ups and downs if we look yeah. at the history of romania if we think about all of the trauma that has been encapsulated in the place, but at the same time, the greatness that Romanians have brought into the world. Like if you think about scientists or artists, or it's something really interesting to contemplate as well on a, on a different level. I know that one of the themes that comes with this profile is self-acceptance and self-love. Those are, it's a huge theme. And we even had one public figure that came out with, I wouldn't call it a slogan, but more more of his motto, something that he keeps repeating whenever he has a chance. Romania doesn't need to be changed to be loved. Romania needs to be loved to change. Mm. And it hits exactly this mark. So how have you seen this within the Romanian people, the struggle for self-acceptance and for self-love? Well, I think it's there in every culture and every culture has its traumas, you know, that it's trying to overcome. You know, I'm an Englishman, so I know well the English traumas, you know, the colonial, you know, traumas that we've created. And and so each culture has that, has those challenges. And, you know, it, it, if it's caught in those two lines, you know, then the trauma really are about, for the Romanian people, would be about guilt, overcoming the guilt of the past and the shame and being able to um, forgive each other and and not and you know the the danger is with that very fast pace of change is that the the wounding and the trauma of the past gets kind of swept under the carpet and not dealt with so then it comes out all over the place so every culture needs ways to transmute those traumas of the past you know it's the same of an individual same in a in a, a good example is like a wounded animal or something you know if that animal can't kind of be cared for and can't care for itself in the right way it can't heal properly and so it needs it requires gentleness it requires a lot of patience it requires um, a lot of understanding and so it's the same for a culture a whole culture and so there are lots of ways in which that can happen you know the arts are a very very good way for a culture to kind of exp 
explore its own wounding, you know, whether it's, you know, through so many different arts, whether it's music or, you know, the traditions, you know, that it's important that the traditions in a country and the cult that are rooted don't get lost as well. And therefore, the the more, in, in, you know, I mean, the indigenous tra- traditions, the older traditions, and um, that they're not kind of, everything is sort of modernized too quickly. Passed away. And- yeah. And so that, that those beautiful dances and the music and the and that wisdom of the folk wisdom and the and the connection to the land itself and you know the plant lore and all those things that are deep part of your culture are really important to be brought forward you know into the new kind of millennium or whatever the new vision but i, I would say also the arts are really key you know and 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 like are they a really good way for a culture to heal itself um, by explore by really putting a lot of energy in, into like exploring the arts, whether it's theater, music, film, you know, all of them, art itself, poetry. You know, you have some great poets in your past, and all of that stuff is literature. It's all kind of there to be, you know, shared, discovered, explored. Yeah, you know, wounds are, you know, trauma are physical, and so they're held collectively in a race as well in a species in a whole in a whole culture so obviously you know that needs to be understood at some level by a culture i I think you know at the moment in the world we don't really get that our modern societies don't get the importance of that only smaller kind of groupings or indigenous groupings really understand how to heal a culture um through being connected to the earth, particularly in its rhythms and its, you know, yeah. But I think we're going to have to learn, the, you know, through our mistakes, as we always have. Interestingly enough, I think that is what is happening today. People seem lost in the chaos and they are coming to the understanding that there is something that they need that is beyond the daily, beyond the job, beyond the getting home, getting on the sofa, watching TV, eating mm. a, eating dinner out, like takeout. And it is important for those teachings that we have passed on from generation to generations from the depths of time, we don't even know since when they are there, to um, come back and to guide us into understanding ourselves and regaining that purpose, I think. And interestingly enough, I did want to uh, bring the conversation to ancestral goals because two important ancestral goals that have animated the Romanian soul for millennia our unity and freedom, which are two concepts that I know are very close to your heart. So talking about the first one, how did you perceive the idea of unity in Romania or from Romanians? Not sure how to answer that. Um, I think it's, you know, I think it's there in the land itself. It's there in the, in the stories that are held in the collective psyche of the people. It's there through um, the presence of the the illuminated ones of the past, the saints, the wise women who are still remembered, many of them, and revered in your churches and in your, you know, the those kind of those those powerful people who've represented, you know, light in the darkness, in the dark times, those heroes and heroines. They're kind of they're a really important part of having a vision of of unity to remember them. And to kind of honor them and to honor the, you know, those, the earth itself and the ancestors, you know, those, you've got some very powerful land and, and forests and, you know, mountains and a beautiful landscape and, and kind of, you know, that's where we plug into unity as a, as a field. And so obviously many of us kind of have unplugged a bit from that because most of the energy is taking place in cities and now online and through technology and this it has its advantages but it also um so and it gives us a sense of kind of false unity in some respect because it's it, it's false because it's not it, and sometimes it's just not connected to the earth itself you know so for example we all buy our phones and we connect through the internet and stuff but then the cost of actually the energy providing us all these services is taking away from the earth herself you know so so that's why some kind of you know deep understanding is needed where we're where we're giving back to the earth you know in gene keys i call this the principle of syntropy you know where we consider it's like sustainability but it's taken to a spiritual level as well 
you know, like how in whatever you're doing in your business, in your life, how, you know, how can you give back? You know, how can you honor the source in everything you do? And I think that's where you plug into the unified field by by kind of modeling that in your life and remembering that, you know, that's what those saints and people represent. They represent selfless service. So that's the kind of, I think that's, you know, and and that doesn't that doesn't kind of negate freedom, although sometimes people think it does. Some people think that service is not equate with freedom because freedom feels sounds like it's this individual thing where I can do what I want, and partly it is that. But that's a very narrow vision of freedom. I feel like the deepest freedom is you know when when we're really living through our heart, because then many of the we don't carry so many of the worries you know, that kind of, that most people carry, you know, because we're in service. And I think that's, that's the vision of unity, where that the whole world needs to plug into. And, and it's there in inside human beings, it's there already. It's just like in Jinkies, when you do this activation sequence, the, the real reason for that is to plug into your purpose, your core purpose, and your core purpose is always some form of service to the whole. And through that service comes your freedom. You know, but if you try and find the freedom without the service, you'll go astray, you know, and you'll pursue a false freedom that isn't actually the real thing. Because if you're just taking from the world and from life and from others to feed yourself, even though there's like there might be excitement in that and um, success, you know, material success or, or brief moments of emotional fulfillment, it's, it's it, you. Uh, there's going to remain in you a restlessness. Always, you will never ever find peace because freedom is always rooted in a sense of serving the whole. True freedom. It's a sort of irony. It's a sort of paradox. But you can only really know that when your heart starts to heal, and then you find your purpose and your as a, as a, some form of service. And you do. You centropy becomes a part of your nature to give back and uh and to honor you know those who came before and to honor you know those who are wounded and those who are less fortunate and all of that kind of stuff it's um that's part of the part of our of of what we need to you know remember again in our societies which is interesting because i actually thought about this topic quite a lot i contemplated probably on it the this difference between in english i think it's a bit difficult to have the same kind of word pair relationship between concepts because you say well freedom people understand it as individual i do whatever i want limitless exhibition of my capacity in whatever form that might take whereas in romanian it's funny because we do have libertate which is freedom and then libertanism which is exactly the the wrong idea of freedom Mm. It's libertarianism. It's exactly that that carelessness. It, it implies a certain level of carelessness for the whole. So a fascinating concept. It's a fascinating understanding that I feel is trickling down within the world more and more in different areas. So that gives us something to be hopeful for. But indeed, this connection with the past and this understanding that there needs to be a balance between making way for the new, but at the same time respecting deeper principles that have passed the test of time and to to incorporate all of these. And speaking of freedom itself, one question that I would like to ask you is from a specific point of view, because in the case of Romania, history has recorded so many invasions and political conquests and divisions and intense challenges, communism being only one of many pages of history that the Romanian people have suffered that. The idea of freedom might be a bit too far from people. They might be exhausted and thinking, well, this game is never ending and we're here for so so long and we haven't achieved that freedom that we keep saying we even have it in our national anthem. That is the main thing. Don't be slaves. Don't be victims. Be free. So what would you recommend from your experience and from your feeling on it for Romanians to how how can they get closer to this idea of freedom, to the true idea of freedom? I think, you know, it's funny in the modern uh, world that we we tend to equate freedom with with kind of efficiency and getting things more quickly and speed. You know, like the freer you are, 
you know, the, the quicker things happen, the freer, the more freedom you'll have. It never happens, though. It never works like that. Uh, it's just an addiction. So actually, true freedom requires that we slow down. You know, it, it, it requires, you know, a, a more ancient approach. It requires that we kind of come into these contemplative spaces together and that we create, we deliberately create spaces where we can be silent, where we can feel awe, where we can unplug from the speed of the modern culture so that we can, you know, we can then kind of attune ourselves back to the earth, back to Gaia. And, and from there, we can begin to hear clearly again and we can begin to heal these wounds. But I would say, you know, because Romanians move very, very fast. And so the one thing that perhaps they need the most is to learn to give themselves times when they don't move at all, when they completely slow down. Because that speed is like that addictive quality of like, I'm going to get there, I'm going to get there, I'm going to get freedom, I'm going to get there, I'm going to get there. If I go faster, I'll probably get there. And and the opposite is the truth. <laughs> so it's a kind of um, paradox. There's, but it's not also Romanians, it's, it's, but it, it is very strongly embodied by your culture. But it is also in, in the world as a whole. You know, if you if you do go back to indigenous societies and you you know, you kind of go and live among those people, they move more slowly and they aren't in such a hurry and they live more simply. And I'm not trying to fantasize or glamorize that kind of way because often they're quite poor as well. But there's there's a lot we can learn from that pace and living at that pace. So it's about breaking the addiction, I think. There's a, there's a mistake that the mind makes. There's a psychosis in the mind, in the human mind, that causes separation between the state we're looking for and the idea of it. And so we that's why, you know, the most I feel I can do as a human is if I can help more people find the art of contemplation, then I'm helping more people slow down. And in doing that, that doesn't mean their lives are less efficient, but they're much more efficient because when you go very fast, you miss things all the time. You actually create more complexity for yourself. You don't even stop to think whether this is the right thing. You know, so you're only interested in growth and and more. I want more, faster, more, more money. You know, because you think that's going to give the freedom, but it doesn't. It makes everything more complicated. <laughs> so the thing that actually that we're really looking for is this slowing down. Is this savoring? Is this appreciating? It's this, you know, breathing again and, you know, eating good food and, you know, like spending time with each other, cultivating friendships, laughing, you know, being with animals, but, you know, or sharing. These are like essential human principles that are being overlooked because of, you know, the psychosis. So, yeah, if you can help the Romanians slow down, I think they will reap the rewards hugely. And and as I said, slowing down actually is what brings more clarity. And with clarity comes, you know, really good decisions, you know, and um and with good decisions comes efficiency and, you know, less complexity. So, you know, it, what it, it's it's especially needed in business. Definitely. But see, you brought your wine merchants inclinations to your teachings i mean this yeah. is <laughs> this is exactly it things that take time taste better and are better for your body yeah and there is a certain patience that you also mentioned quite quite sometimes in your work that people need to remember mm. to because that will that will lead them to where they actually want to be mm. not with the quick fixes not with the because everything that people do i feel in the general sense in the world the speed is caused by a lack of being seen, a lack of love. And they feel that if they if they get that next promotion because they overwork themselves to almost death, or if they make these sacrifices, then then they will be seen and loved. But not everybody has that kind of path. Not everybody has the same story. So it's I think, especially in the case of Romanians, it is a very important lesson to learn. And and in this sense, I want to ask you a question about, we go, I think, back to Sinaya, but you actually 
as far as I understood from the other Jinky ambassadors, uh, when you connected with the energy of the place and only after you did that, you told people that you feel Jinky 13. So from the 64 Jinkies that are out there, that Jinky 13 would be the one that Romania can focus on as a whole because it would have the most benefits to reap. How did you connect with the energy and what, why Jinky 13? Well, I think we I think we ran a chart about the foundation of Romania, and that key came up. Um, and then it felt we we were really thinking about it, contemplating it together. And we thought that of all the sixty four keys, that one fitted really well. And in the original I Ching, it was called the Fellowship of Man, or the Fellowship is about fellowship, and it's this kind of mystic number thirteen as well. And in the Gene Keys, it's about um, empathy. It's about listening. And it's about coming together in a circle, you know, which is what the 13 represents, the 12 disciples around the, the Christ or the, you know, the 12 around one. It's an ancient geometry. And and so the 13 is the hub and the hub is the is the vision or the dream of the people and or the individual, you know, the individual's dream. But it's it's the council fire of the elders coming together to hear each other's stories and to heal the wounds of the past and to decide where to go together in the future so it's it is a it is a beautiful metaphor in a way for you know your nation and your culture and it kind of gave me the idea that perhaps every nation has its own key and wouldn't it be interesting for those nations to find out what those keys are and then look at them as a whole around the world see well what what gift does each culture hold in the whole and and in the land itself, you know, what does it lend itself to? So it's like, you know, Romania brought me and hundreds of others from around the world to come and sit in a circle and listen to each other and to to contemplate the trauma of our relationships as in and in individuals, but also as groups, as nations. So in a way, Romania could see herself as a kind of United Nations type place, you know, where all the different colors of all the cultures could come and listen and be heard by the elders, you know, by the, of the land, by the earth itself. And these stories could be shared. To me, it felt that would feel like a really good slowing down. Like if, you know, because it's like bring people here and listen to them. To listen requires to slow down, to stop your own in a process and hear what other people have to say and what what are their wounds and how you know and just in the listening itself so much healing takes place so i feel like what kind of happened through my little journey with the gene keys in romania could happen on a wider level you know how it set off in one way very fast with lots of people going individually in their own directions and then because of a few very strong embodied leaders who came together the whole thing started to create more coherence so what you probably need is strong leaders to come together um, who are role models, who are, you know, leaders that the young people listen to, leaders that the older people generations listen to, leaders for women, leaders for black people, leaders for ethnic minorities, leaders of all those places to come together in a circle and listen to each other and then say, okay, how shall we bring the whole culture together, you know, and work as a, as a, as a group of leaders and therefore begin to kind of create council fires everywhere, if you know what I mean, like create that energy of listening, you know, so that all the different places where the trauma lives can be heard and then healed. And then, you know, then then that's when the freedom comes. That's when unity comes. Unity comes through healing our wounds, you know, which means we have to listen to them first. And that's the biggest step is just gathering people and creating a place where they can be heard. So I'd say that would be a really good vision actually for any country but you know particularly good for for romania it's fascinating because in fact the first european institution actually happened took place in galatz which is a mm -hmm. port city in romania so right you're not far away from the yeah. historical truth <laughs> so yeah if the leaders in the different areas could come together around that kind of vision i think it would have such a powerful impact and it would be in deep resonance with the dna of the people and the last question of this interview, 
What is your wish for Romania and for the Romanian people? Well, it's exactly that that I just said. My wish is that all that passion in in the people can be focused, you know, so it can be focused into healing the past and bringing a vision for the future. I mean, it it's not rocket science doing this, but it just takes, in the beginning, as I said, it takes some strong leaders to come together, you know, and they have to come together across multiple fields. They ha- It can't be in a political arena only. They have to come together across lots of different fields so that there's no kind of one at one leadership kind of group. So, and it's not about that either. It's just about listening. And, and uh, so that those, those, those past wounds could be healed. And then, you know, I would love it if Romania could be a, a role model for other nations. You know, I, I see that as a possibility. You know? And uh, I always have ever since I first went, I thought, wow, this country, um, even though it's small and seemingly insignificant, you know, in the world stage, you know, compared to China, America, India, you know, those vast nations, it could have a, a vast impact if the people were able to take all that passion and work together. Then a small nation could have a huge impact. And, you know, and it's often the way as well. It's often the, you know, the nations or the groups or the people that do that, that have that capacity that create the, a new imprint for the world. So perhaps there's no mistake. There are no mistakes, ultimately that, you know, Romania is one of the first places that the Gene Keys landed because it's a transformational, you know, teaching that could really help the world, you know, heal its kind of ancient wounding. So, yeah, that's my wish and my my hopes for, for your country and also um, all countries. Beautiful. Thank you, Richard. My pleasure, Daniela. Thank you for tuning in to episode 15 of The Wanderers Podcast. Breathe in, breathe out. How was that for a conversation? And you can dive deeper into the Jinkies and pick Richard's brain at jinkies.com. That is www.jinkies.com, which will be linked in the show notes as well. If you like the episode, share it around on your social media or just tell people about it in the good old fashioned way to let people be touched by the soulful interaction as well. Furthermore, you know where to find us, via our website, and we're on Facebook and Instagram too. And if you have an international story about Romania that you feel is podcast-worthy, don't keep it for yourself only. Write to us at stories at wonders.com. That is stories at w-o-a-n-d-e-r-e-r-s dot com. Thanks for listening and la revedere.